Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully glad that uh, we're going to be together today for a couple of hours. I don't know when you listen to the show, if you listen live or if you podcast it uh, or, you know, listen in the evenings. I think we're rebroadcast uh, late evening, which is uh, sometimes uh, I'm helpful to help you fall asleep, which is always good, too. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Powerful, powerful message. Uh, great promise. We're going to talk to Todd Mulliken today. He's already in the studio. And you can go to Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. And that's his website. You can go look at his good-looking picture. Although he's tanner today than he is in his picture. Because it is summertime and he's quite tan right now. I don't know. Can you trust a counselor who's tan? Oh, my word. Yeah, we'll find out. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to insist that you uh, ask questions. Uh, we're going to talk today. Uh, Todd, what are we talking about today? Accepting one another as God accepts us. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> but I couldn't find my note right in front of me. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, call with questions or text 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. In 60 seconds, we'll be started. Hi, I'm Faith Radio Manager Neil Stavum with a word of thanks for the many friends of this listener-supported ministry who gave generously over the past months to help us finish our fiscal year strong at the end of June. Your consistent giving allows the gospel to go out on air, online, on the Faith Radio app, and on demand as hundreds listen to podcasts full of compelling content to help connect faith to life every day. Thanks to God's grace and your partnership, we look forward to greater impact in the days ahead. Faith Radio's live show hosts are connecting with many great authors, pastors, and teachers every day. A wide variety of important and helpful topics are being discussed and blessing listeners. Because you can't always listen live, we offer the Faith Radio newsletter. The newsletter highlights some of the best recent interviews, articles, and giveaways. Sign up to receive the Faith Radio newsletter under subscriptions at myfaithradio.com. a hot one out there today, and as you uh, are probably aware, uh, make sure you take it a little slower today. Don't try to hurry. Uh, take a little bit of extra time and make sure you kind of stay cool because this heat and humidity can catch up with you and uh, overpower uh, you if you're not ready and hydrated and cool. And So anyway, there's my warning. I'm not a doctor, but I think that's pretty solid advice. All right. Uh, here's what I'm going to talk to Todd about today, Todd Mulliken in studio. We're going to uh, discuss the importance of couples to be more accepting of each other's differences, being more for each other in Christ versus against each other, because it seems that that is part of the problem. Couples are against each other and not for each other. And how can we be more accepting of each other's differences? 
I do have a question I'd like to get started with, though. This is kind of a, a long question, but it's a good one, and it goes like this, Todd. Um, Todd, welcome, by the way. Thank you. I should probably <laughs> welcome <laughs> you to good. the show. I'm so comfortable with you in here oh. that I, I sometimes feel like I'm ignoring you. But Thanks for having me, Bill. That's it's all good. not the case. <laughs> all right, here's a question from a listener. My wife, we're separated, wants to further restrict visits from me with my children uh, from two and a half days and weekends to just weekends. Frankly, this infuriates me, but I haven't engaged with her about it yet to avoid an angry fight. I don't want to see them any less, but I'm not sure how to respond if there's a chance to make the marriage work after divorce. Uh, We have not legally divorced. She uh, She has said that the nicest thing I could do would be to let her have the divorce. Ouch. We are supposed Mm. to be doing a trial separation, but it seems in her mind that it may be more permanent because she is not sure when she can forgive me for emotional abuse. And frankly, I'm not sure she can deal with her stuff much longer either. In my mind, I'm still committed to marriage. She thinks that after the divorce, she may have time to heal. Um, that's a tough one. Mm. Boy, that is hard. And, you know, he's saying, I don't want to uh, have an all-out argument with her, but I do want to keep my boundaries as far as my ability to see the kids. Mm. My fear is if I stand my ground, then I'm uh, being a controlling person. Mm. And that's what's going to limit it, limit her ability to make the relationship work. Okay. So some fear there's, of uh, fear of addressing anything there, perhaps. I think it sounds yeah. that way. Yeah. And sometimes there's a dynamic there too. And it um, sounds like I'm sure they've been through so much. So I'm just getting this firsthand from you here that... I think I would ask him to uh, not avoid the mess, but also address the mess from a place of humility. So let her in versus taking it out on her. So saying a little preamble there, hon, I'm just, you know, here's what I'm for with trying to make it work. I understand you're not in that place. I'm for still seeing the kids um, and and how we've talked about that. And I understand you're not. Uh, I'd like to address that with you, and I'm trying not to do that in a way that comes off controlling. I just want to be empathetic and see if we can find the 50-yard line on that. Mm-hmm. So trying to at least own his side of the street and lead out well. He can't control where she goes with it, but he needs to make sure that if he's for wanting the marriage to work, his lead out isn't acquiescence, but his lead out also isn't, I need to win and i got to be right here. Mm. So he needs to, in my opinion, address the hard stuff, but least let her into I'm not trying to address this to be difficult I'm trying to address this because I love you and I'm for us and I'm for our children yeah what if the hurt on her side and the woundedness on her side is so deep right now she can't hear what he's saying right and that, that happens a lot and that's a little bit of why our topic today will be more kind of preventative stuff mm-hmm. you know because once you're in triage like this uh, hurt people hurt people and uh, the hurt mind is oftentimes has trauma in it from the marriage, and so um, she may not trust his intentions at all mm-hmm. and um, don't know enough about what he said to know whether, you know, what kind of, you know, pattern they've had over time, right? But all he can do in real time is be authentic and then try to clarify. If she says, well, I don't trust you, say, I, I completely understand why. I'm just trying to deal with what I'm experiencing today with you, and here's what I'm for right now, but I... I completely understand where you're at as best as I can. You know, so clarifying in those moments. Yeah, Todd, it seems like this trauma piece is the room in the house, which would be the room underneath the basement. Yeah. 
because it's so hidden, so deep, so dark, that it either comes out and it gets dealt with, or it lives and harbors mm. and creates a stink in the house. Then you can't figure out why, but there's so much difficult sadness, grief, anger, resentment, that how do you address that if you've not addressed it? Yeah. And, you know, you've heard me say this on the show, how do, how do we learn how to address the mess versus avoid the mess? And so first day of marriage, when I'm dealing with couples in pre-marriage counseling, I talk about, that. hey, what patterns do you bring in the relationship that are healthy, that are unhealthy? What are some of your family of origin issues that were amazing, that were difficult? Mm-hmm. Um, so that we address things in real time and create a safe place to have disagreements so that it isn't a room in the basement. It's, a, it's, an, open, it's an open house. Because when it does become the room in the basement, then a lot of time goes by and resentments build. And whether it's trauma from before the marriage or trauma from the marriage, trauma produces things in our minds that are overreactions, that are deep fears, sometimes they're spot on. Sometimes trauma will make us endure a relationship that's unhealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a a hidden room and we've got to make sure that early on in our story as a couple, we're creating a safe place to let each other in. Todd, it sounds like there's some significant eggshells on the floor in, mm-hmm. in this, in, with this couple, and, and he is afraid to step on the eggshells. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to blow anything it's up. It's probably not going to go well. Yeah. Well, right. Isn't that usually how guys think in general? Yeah. They think they've got this brilliant plan, and they realize they're not the brilliant tacticians they think they are. Yeah, that, uh, we need to change that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, with anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I said... I really want to tell Todd I don't like his purple shirt, but that, you know, he might not buy me pizza tonight. Right. You know, and I still yeah. want to go out for pizza. Yeah. But I really want to tell you how much I don't like that purple shirt. Yeah. I know that's really trivial. No, right. But, but it's the idea that I don't want to say one thing and blow up another. Yes, I get that. And so, you know, we we have to decide a little bit of what we, you know, what do we just kind of sort out our mail with the, guy, with the Lord and let that go? What do we address? That's really important. But if I've got anything with my spouse that I'm... If, I, if, I'm, if I'm not addressing it and it goes into a little bit of a corner of my room, my, of my mind, where I start to build any kind of resentment, then that's on me. And I've got to address it. And I am going to try to speak in a way that's non-offensive, but they might still be offended. But that's not my intention. Yeah. All right, Todd Mullikins in the studio. We're going to talk about uh, preventative things, things to do in advance, things to do to help bring couples closer together and be for each other versus against each other. We're going to open up the phone lines as well. Uh, If you have an illustration, an example, something that's worked fantastically in your marriage and you want to share it, we'd love to hear it. The number is 877-933-2484. We're going to take a little break and then lots more with Todd Mullican. That's toddmullican.com. Be back in a minute. Welcome back to the program. Todd Mullikins in studio. We're chat- He's a marriage and uh, family counselor, uh, speaker, educator. He kind of does a lot of things and he does them all well. Uh, we're going to talk today about the importance for couples to be more accepting of each other's differences. All right? That's being more for each other in Christ versus against each other. Because when you start to, uh, let's see, 
develop differences and they start to become annoying, then what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, we have some classic ones in marriage, right, where more oftentimes off, you know, opposites attract and then opposites attack. So opposites could be things like introversion and extroversion. That may sound like a little deal, but it's really a, a fair, fairly a big deal in terms of how we gain energy, right? So introverts tend to be in general more introspective, more reflective, maybe just wait a second till they respond or maybe not want to be as attached early on. Maybe don't want to just get into chit-chatty stuff. Extroverts just want to connect and more more is better. And so, you know, when you're in courtship, you really don't recognize those differences unless you've had, you know, deep under the hood conversations, which mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't happen. You know, you're just so for each other. And you love each other. And God seems big and just all over the things. And you, know, you love Jesus together and you're, you're all in, you know. Right, what you said is so important. At that stage, you are so for each other. You are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do pre-marriage stuff. It's so fun because they're just like, oh, you know. You like string peas? I like string <laughs> peas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, in, in, in my relationship, Laura, my wife, who we married 31 years, she wouldn't mind me saying this, is that we didn't realize, because we did so much stuff in youth ministry when we were dating and stuff, too, like, whoa, you know, doing all these things. And then, you know, and you start hanging out like 24-7 together. <laughs> and I thought she was a loser and had no friends. And she yeah. thought I had untreated ADHD, which I do. But um, it's like, no, the truth is she's beautifully introverted and reflective and reads more books in a week than I have my entire life. Mm-hmm. And And I love to just connect and go do more things. And so we have learned how to accept that God has made us differently, but if we like ourselves in Jesus, then we will not need others to be exactly like us, you mm-hmm. know, but rather yeah. really try to bring out their best by by being complementary in our story, you know, using our gifts, like First Corinthians 12 talks about for the church, you know, but in our marriage, you know, use our giftedness. So, but it would have been just as easy for me to start being resentful about, man, she likes to leave gatherings early, she you know, she doesn't like to talk as much as I do. Of course, a lot of guys would probably love that. But, you know, she doesn't, you know, some of those things versus if I change my attitude into what is true, she's a beautiful child of God who has these amazing gifts, but she's different than I am in that way. Mm-hmm. And same for her towards me. But if we don't do that, which is just as normal, it's probably more normal to go, hey, you know, what's wrong with this person? So another one, so that's one. Another one that's really big is some people are starters, some people are finishers. Some people like to work before they play. Some people work and play coexist. So some people in the house love to start projects. They're, they're creative types. They love to get things started. But I don't need to finish them because they've started some stuff. Mm-hmm. And some people just love to finish things. That same person who loves to start things usually doesn't mind if the dishes kind of hang around for a day or two because they'll get to them. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas the work before play person, what do you think they want to do? You know, they have to get everything tidied up before that, they we can relax. Themselves. So, yeah. so how do we handle that? So, if we don't, you know, we can kind of go as a Christian. I can go. I'm just supposed to, you know, turn the other cheek, or I'm supposed to sub- submit to my spouse, or whatever. And, and it's, you know, it's uh, those are all good things to do for each other. But it's, I, I need to make sure I'm doing it in the spirit of um, understanding each other versus kind of deferring to them. So if I'm the 
like I'm a work before play person. So if I start building resentment that, hey, stuff's not done, then I'm, uh, my, my eyes for my, my spouse will start to fade over time because I'll feel like they're doing it to me. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. So what happens is when we're different than each other, Bill, I think a lot of times we feel like the person is doing it to hurt us, doing it intentionally. And with a lot of these things I'm talking about now with energy and starting and finishing and how we go about life day to day, how we make decisions, how we interpret each other's motives, most of the time our intentions are good. So how do I do as a work before play person understand, hey, let my wife just wants me to go and sit by her. We'll get to the dishes in a couple hours. How does she, as a work and play person, work, work and play coach, this person realize, hey, he kind of likes to get stuff done first where, you know, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i join him in that because I know that he's for that. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? It's all, total sense. It's so attitudinal there. Oh, total sense. But what's so much easier to do is to start going, hey, what's wrong with my spouse? You know, they're not really... You know, here's the love languages they're not doing for me. Here's what they're not. Here's what they're not. Here's what they're not. Here's what they're not. And now sometimes it's good to do if we're talking, for sure, if we're talking about abuse, absolutely. Get on that and figure that out and do surgery on that. If we're talking about adultery, absolutely. We have to do surgery on that. If we're talking about untreated addiction, we got to make sure that's being addressed. Mm-hmm. Untreated mental health issues, we need to address things. So we're not talking about those big ticket items. We're talking about a lot of other things, though, Bill, that contribute to couples kind of growing apart versus growing together. Mm-hmm. Todd, isn't it kind of natural that, uh, and I'm not going to stereotype, I, I hope not to, but that women sometimes calm themselves down by doing certain domestic activities, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be, I need to do this because that's how I calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. where a guy can come home from work and sit on the couch and go, I am relaxing now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the woman may say, I relax by cleaning out this closet. Right. And the guy's sitting there going, what is with her? Right. You yeah. Know, I just got home. Can't we have, you know, and, and everyone's trying to relax. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think... And you do have certainly guys that are kind of, you know, get stuff done guys mm-hmm. and gals that are I'm just take it, it easy. It but goes but in both general, ways. It goes both ways. Yeah. But in general, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. And what do you do with that? Yeah, I mean, you have to know that. That's why you get to, when I always say let each other in versus take things out on each other, you just talk about that. You go, hey, you know, as you know, it's important for me just to kind of knock some stuff out. Then I can come relax. But I still love you and I'm for you. That's just kind of how I'm wired. And so I want to meet you at the 50-yard line and realize, yeah, let me just go sit by you and mm-hmm. love you. Um, so the person that wants to be on the couch needs to realize, hey, my spouse is wired differently, not because I'm codependent on them, but because I love them. So let me go help them get some stuff done All right. and vice versa. Yeah, so you're sitting on the couch and you're feeling resentful that the project that got started by your spouse is still unfinished and yep. you wonder when is, is it, it gonna going ever to be going done? to be finished. And how can you sit there with this unfinished thing? I yeah. am so mad right now. I mean, th- I can just feel the emotions. Yeah. And so you Not have some choices. But... <laughs> <laughs> and so you have, we have choices there. What do we do? Do we just go, you know, do we kind of let it go? Well, I, I would say we address the mess versus avoid the mess. So we'd have to let each other in and say, you know, I guess I'm just finding myself frustrated that this isn't getting done. How do you see it, honey? You know, so I'm not talking about being in la la land, la la land here and kind of avoiding the mess. So I want to address it, but I want to do it in a way that gets it off my chest in a way that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the truth is my spouse isn't going, you know what I think I'm going to do is just hold off on doing that project just to bug my spouse. Yeah. They're not doing that. Right. 
They're, they're, and that's the other thing is when, so when we start mistrusting the other person's intentions with this kind of stuff, that can lead to oof, a lack mm-hmm. of. So let each other in about that stuff and just have clarifying conversations and and do both. Hop on the couch together, do some projects together, but know that you're wired differently. Yeah. In, in many cases. Mm-hmm. A listener is just helping me with a question saying, how do I approach a spouse who avoids serious conversations? Like I would, I would ask a question to start off a conversation only to be met with silence. This is becoming a big problem because important things are not being discussed. Yeah. There is, there is a fair amount. It's, it's interesting. Last 10 years or so, there's been a fair amount of research on, you know, how for many, many years kind of reactive people you know, scriptures, what was it, Ephesians four twenty five twenty six talks about in your anger, do not sin, mm-hmm. right? Don't let the sun go down your anger, the devil get a foothold. So we've kind of talked in my field for a long time about how overreactors kind of got all the issues. They're just kind of like, woo, they're just regulated. They go to anger mountain too quick. And, and so, yeah, they have to work on regulating that and kind of finding God's peace and calming down and creating a safe place to have understanding and and agreements and disagreements. But there's also something to be said for those that just shut down and just kind of go into avoidance mode and just shut out their spouse for what may feel like a decade, even though it's, you know, a day or something. So they got to do their own, they got to work on their side of the street too and work on at least, even though they might not be in touch with their feelings that well, at least say, God, I'm just shut down. I don't know what to say, but I'm here. You know, just mm-hmm. they, they can't or or find the 50 that says, hey, on Sundays, we're going to have our Sunday summits and we are going to talk about kind of stuff. And I'm for that. So don't blindside me with you know, a serious conversation at 10 o'clock at night out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But here's what we're both for. Yeah. So we create that. Yeah. But anyway, I just want to share real quick that it's. If if I'm somebody, Bill, that just really shuts down and doesn't ever want to talk about something serious, I need to kind of go to God with that and say, Lord, what's that about? Let the Holy Spirit kind of wash in there and say, hey, I'm your advocate. I'm here. <laughs> I'm a comforter, which doesn't mean I'm going to start, you know, reading poetry to my wife for 10 years. But I, I, I need to just kind of say something. I, I got to join her in this. So... We need to draw, I think, from the Holy Spirit more if we are an avoider. So I really resonate with that. What that person's question is? It's uh, sad. She just she's met with complete silence, and yeah. obviously there's a lot going on inside of his brain. Yes, and I mean, he needs he needs to let her in. He's on not that. silent. If yes, he could read his uh, brain. He'd be screaming, right? Right. Yeah, and he needs to let her in on that. That's on him for not letting her in. Mm-hmm. He, now, he might be saying, well, if, and here's what usually avoiders do. Well, if I say this, she's going to say that. Or if I do this, then they're going to do that anyway, so it's not worth it. Yeah. So that happens a lot. Uh, Avo- avoiders want to avoid the mess. Addressers just always want to talk about hard stuff all the time. So we're both for letting each other in in a gentle way. Yeah. Todd Mullican is my guest in studio. Let us know what your questions are. We're talking about being for your spouse um, and not against your spouse. If you uh, would like to call with a question or text with a question, 877-933-2484 is the number. Again, I'll give it to you one more time, 877-933-2484. And Todd is at Todd Mullican, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. Todd Mullican, two Ds, ToddMullican.com. We'll be right back.
Thank you for being with me today. Uh, Todd Mullikins in my studio, and I've got uh, a couple of copies of a book that he came out with called All the Best for Couples, Five Ways to Bring Out the Best in Your Spouse. We're talking about the different ways you can be for your spouse instead of against your spouse if you are in a period of uh, difficulty with your beloved um, and if you would like to get into the drawing to win one of those uh, books, let me know uh, what your name is and write uh, five ways in the subject line and email me, bill at myfaithradio.com, and I'll draw the winners as early as today. So, uh, Todd, let's, uh, let's chat about the, the five, some of the five ways to bring out the best. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've chatted about this before, but... If we're going to be proactive, it's always good to go on the offense, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I would love to. The So what happened for me in my practice, I just started to notice some tendencies in general for what um, the woman needs to, from their spouse to bring out their best and then what the guy needs from their spouse to bring out their best. So certainly it starts with our own accountability in Christ and us working on our own side of the street and growing our own relationship with the Lord and being and being strong and solid in that and having our dependency on the Lord, period. But in the spirit of kind of growing our relationship with enrichment, uh, I've noticed that um, in general, like I've often told couples that are, you know, doing okay but struggling a little bit, that mm-hmm. I've often said I would be out of business if guys really noticed their wives more and if women looked at who their husbands are versus who they aren't. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a pattern I've noticed is that when the marriage gets going, the guy stops initiating, stops creating, stops coming toward. And that really is hurtful. And I don't think in general the man does it to hurt, <laughs> but the man gets seems to me gets consumed with other things and forgets about that. And, you know, it gets, if you will, emotionally lazy. I know I've done that many times. Mm-hmm. So how am I staying on the offense by these five P's pursuing her spiritually and emotionally. So I'm initiating some spiritual conversation. I'm initiating what I'm thinking about with her. I'm just coming towards her with that Mm -hmm. a few times a day. Second one is being a good planner. So I'm just not just waiting for my spouse to initiate dates or times together or trips so that the wife doesn't become the cruise director and everything else. But I'm, I'm initiating that as a man. Hey, I'd love to, See this week what night works for you. I would love to get someone scheduled for a few months out where the two of us could just have a getaway. I'm for that. So I'm, I'm on the offense. I'm coming towards her with planning. If there's kids, how am I doing? Created a safe place for my kids to have discussions. I'm leading well, but I'm doing leadership from a place of healthy humility. Mm-hmm. So I've seen many couples over the years where when the man is really that gentle giant in the home as a father, that really um, draws his wife to him. The fourth P is being a protector of his wife, and that means if he has uh, emotional instability, he needs to learn how to protect her by managing his emotions well, creating a safe place to have conversations. If he's kind of a passive avoidant guy, I've noticed that sometimes he needs to protect his wife from his own mother or father. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I've noticed avoidant people will have a parent that's more dominant and it's kind of meddling in the marriage. And the woman oftentimes feels second to the guy. So that's the fourth P. And then the last P is to be emotionally present. So when I'm home, am I really home? Am I available just to communicate? Am I? So those are the five P's I have the guy work on. I like that. So uh, I'm just listening to these five, Todd, and I'm thinking, what if 
the wife were to suggest to her husband, boy, it would be awfully great if you could pursue me a little bit more, kind of the way we did when we were younger. Mm -hmm. And I felt so special by that. And he instantly turns it around and plays the victim card. And I guess I'm just a lousy husband or maybe even a failure. And all of a sudden he makes it about him. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, she needs to then, in my opinion, respond to that to say how disappointing and hurtful that feels that he brought it back to him. And I'm just being vulnerable, let you know what I'm for with us. And I'm really sad about what you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm really sad about it. Why not? Let it sit there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't um, mean we're going to change that, but that's a that's usually a pattern. If a guy's throwing the victim card, you know, so for example, Bill, one of the hard parts about having hard conversations is that, you know, if I could have people work on one thing in general, myself included, is when I'm on the listening end of something from my spouse, I get to just listen. <laughs> I get to just try to really understand what they're saying. Versus kind of defend, versus run, versus attack, versus react, versus interrupt. You know, I just get to try to understand, you know, because I get to do that. So the listener oftentimes, they didn't receive that growing up. They don't know how to do that. So this, in this particular scenario, talk to me about the guy obviously took it very personally what she said in other words, he felt attacked by her where she wasn't attacking him at all. Mm-hmm. She was letting him in. So that's on him for feeling like it was an attack because it wasn't an attack. He was just letting her in. She was just letting him in about what, you know, what's important for her. Mm-hmm. Todd, how often should men just dial it back? Um, you know, when when women share something and I'm, you know, I'm mad that I took my car in today and I didn't feel like they were being completely honest and ethical with me. And, and you know, one guy says, I'm going to go down there. I've seen the Walking Tall movies. I'm going to go down, <laughs> I'm gonna go down there and, 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 and clean house. Uh, or should the man say, just listen. Yeah. Hey, honey, that's, I'm sorry. You know, the urge for us guys to just want to correct that or fix that or, you know, by solving it or by fixing it or saying, have you thought about this? (laughs) It feels like we're helping. And if we can just try to understand what the woman's going through, that is, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big gift that, and I know for me, you know, even if you will, as a somewhat, you know, well-adjusted guy once in a while, (laughs) I need to be in prayer about that regularly. Otherwise I still default into that fixer. Mm -hmm. And that's very invalidating for the woman to feel like the guy is trying to go fix something. Mm-hmm. Unless she is asking him to fix something, please don't. Yeah. Do uh, people with super busy schedules, which pretty much is everybody, uh, do they do they play martyrs to the point where they don't talk about what they need, uh, they don't feel like they can talk about what they need because how in the world are they ever going to get it, so what's the point? And... Um, look what I'm doing for this family. Yeah. That's um, all in the same package there, isn't it? Well, it feels like it. Yeah. And then, so what's what's going on? What am I telling myself about me? Well, how am I telling myself about how God views me? Why am I in this circle where I'm feeling like a victim? And there are victims out there, but that's an example of not one of them. That's I was telling my wife that the other day where I was like, oh, I've 
such a busy day at the clinic. I have so many people I'm seeing and all those other things. And I go, what? Well, so what? I mean, that's your choice, Todd. What are you doing? You know, so let each other in about how difficult things are, but don't start painting yourself into that corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was uh, reading First Kings chapter 19, talking about Elijah after his, you know, tr- tremendous victory in battle. Uh, he flees and... Apparently, I think he covered about 125 miles in a 24-hour period. <laughs> That's what I call fleeing. It's <laughs> moving. Yeah. The fight or flight was cruising yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord uh, says, you know, get up and eat. Now go mm. back to sleep. Mm. And I think, well, how good are we at saying what we need and saying, you know what, here's what we're going to do. Dad needs a nap this afternoon. We're all going to take off and, and let Dad sleep for an hour. Yeah. I mean, is that, am I talking like a crazy person? No, you're talking about the main thing that you read in literature now. And it's the last five or 10 years, and I'm all for it. And it's my fifth P is being emotionally, just being present. Mm -hmm. So slowing down. Jesus said, "Um, bye, I'm going to go be with my dad for a while. A Mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. The scriptures say he often went to be with his father. So, yeah, it doesn't mean we don't live full lives. We all do. But it means we also get to add just being present and being peaceful and relaxing. That's for most mental health issues, Bill, that is one of the key pieces of regulating anxiety, regulating depression. It's not the only one, mm-hmm. but one thing that really helps is slowing down and reminding ourselves of what is true and what we're for. Mm-hmm. How do we eliminate hurry? How do we eliminate this lifestyle? I mean, not, not eliminate. Eliminate's the wrong word. Um, reduce it to the point where it's manageable. This <laughs> sounds backwards. So it, I, 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 what I'm about to say may sound backwards, oh, so okay. I'm sorry. Is adding adding peace, adding space, adding ah. life-giving things. Mm-hmm. You know, so it isn't, because I think what a lot of people do is they try to take away a bunch of stuff. And that's not bad or wrong, but I have found I've had so much more success with couples when they add things that are life-giving, that are peaceful, because then they're, they're re-energized. And, and so if the truth is they're in a really busy season where they got four kids and they're 16 to 10, you know, we can all say, let's have kumbaya time two hours mm-hmm. a night, but good luck with that, you know. So, but when we're adding things that are peaceful and getting our own time to have timeouts, if you will. That's huge. Yeah. What if you've had a couple of decades of low-level exhaustion and resentment because you haven't had a lot of fun the last couple of decades? How does that get fixed? Well, not overnight because the resentment bank's been there about 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the only thing I would suggest is on day one of the 21st year, I need to say, well... Um, not from a place of shame, but from a place of honesty. Hey, I haven't said what I've needed in 20 years, so that's on me. I need to start today by not avoiding things, by not building more resentment, by by addressing things, by sharing where I'm at, what I'm for, what I need. Because avoiders will do that. They have a hard time in the second half of life, oftentimes in my experience, because they've been avoiding things and they've been building resentment slowly. Why do people avoid stuff? I guess that's a question I don't even know the answer to. I think it varies a lot, but my experience has been is that avoiders usually avoid stuff either because they have a temperament naturally is very inhibited where, you know, some people are very hypersensitive to any kind of noise or stress or so they're, so they're dysregulated in that. So they have to work on calming that and breathing into that. But uh, most people it's from, you know, 
experiences growing up where sharing their own thoughts and feelings just didn't happen, you know, or when it did, it was slammed or shut down or there was a really dysregulated temperament in the home. So they just, they, they kind of go within and they avoid. So they come by it naturally. They do. Yeah. And so how do they start? So what, what the, the nice part of being an avoider is they get to add addressing things, even though it feels hard, but they get to be honest. That's all I say to the avoider for the rest of your life. You just get to be honest. You get to do that. You get to be honest about what you're for and what hurts and what's beautiful. And, and you know, that's what I love. You know, my, one of my, my Bible studies reading John and just so much stuff on the Holy Spirit there about as our advocate, as our comforter. And, and so I have found the more we let the Holy Spirit comfort us, then hopefully for us avoiders that can give us the confidence to at least try to address things that are beautiful, address things that are hard. Because avoiding, the older I get, Bill, I think avoiding is even more unhealthy than addressing something. Wise words, Todd. I don't know. No, those are wise words. I had to pause and just let that sink in. Because uh, avoiders <laughs> say, well, it's not going to work anyway, so I do it. That's what they say. And well, I go, well, it doesn't, they play it doesn't it matter if it works. It matters that you're honest because honesty today prevents problems tomorrow. It may cause a problem today. But you don't, you don't want that general pattern, that generational pattern of avoidance to keep having a hangover emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to address, and our Lord really modeled that. Yeah. Let us know what questions you might have for Todd, and we will tackle them, 877-933-2484. You can give us a call and come on the program. Of course, you can be anonymous if you like, or you can also send us a text at 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Todd Mullikin's in studio with me. It's toddmullikin.com, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. And we are uh, chatting about the different ways we can be for each other. It's always a good practice in relationships and in marriages if we are uh, actively being for each other, not against each other. Um, Here's a question from a listener, Todd. Um, why it seems so much easier to remember the bad and negative things that have happened in marriage as opposed to the happy times. Yeah. Well, you know, when we, you know, so so part of his brain chemistry, we remember, you know, our hippocampus, we remember pain, we remember trauma. It's infused in there. I always ask all my classes um, as a professor, hey, where were you on 9-11? And they know exactly where they were, what they were doing, what was going on, you know, Exactly everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, what was your best moment from yesterday? No hands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so part of it is our hardware, and part of that's a protection. You know, we protect ourselves from trauma, so we want not we don't want to have trauma repeat itself. So that's why I think what I like about Paul's message in in Philippians is he's actively saying from prison. You know, think about hmm, whatever is. <laughs> true, noble, of excellence, of praise, think on those things and put them into practice. And then a couple of verses later, he says, I learned the secret of life, which is to be content in all things. So those things really help me kind of add 
gratitude, add what I'm for. Because mm-hmm. that um, text was right on. We remember those other things. In a marriage, we do that. I mean, most couples are defined by their worst moment versus learning from their worst moment. Mm. Now, if there's a pattern of worst moments, <laughs> a pattern of abuse, a pattern of things, and yeah, we got we to gotta do surgery on that. Yeah. But if we're talking about, you know, most couples that, you know, are going through difficulties and remembering those difficult things, I'm always telling couples too, hey, what, what, tell me about your highlight wheel, re, uh, you know, reel from the week. Tell me your best two moments. Now, I don't do that with every couple. If they're in deep pain, we work on that for sure. But as couples are healing, trying to encourage them to remember yeah. What is beautiful too, not That's, to be in denial of the hard stuff. Right, we're going to address the hard stuff. That's why I talk about five to one a lot. Mm-hmm. Give each other five affirmations for every one criticism. Mm-hmm. Not okay. because we're keeping score, but because we get to do that. Yeah. All right, we have a caller on the line wishes to remain anonymous. I am a okay with that. Welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Question for Todd. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out if and how to bring something up to my husband. When we are out in public, either at the grocery store or going out to eat, I really feel like it's an awesome opportunity to be salt and light to the people who are serving us, say the cashier or our waiter. Mm. My husband, on the other hand, um, he's never rude, but he tends to be a little bit cold when I feel like we have the opportunity and maybe even a duty to be cheerful and joyful with these people, obviously not in a fake way, but we have an opportunity to make a new friend, share share Christ's joy with people, and I'm just having a hard time understanding how to talk with him about that and if it's even worth it. Mm, boy, well, first of all, I want to really encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because that's wonderful. I mean, that's such a gift you're giving to humanity and being salt and light, so... It sounds like you're really for that, huh? Thank you. Yeah. I, I try. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so we don't want to be defined by your husband's choices, right? But you also, I always say to couples, let each other in versus take things out on each other. So I think, you know, it's okay for you to, you know, in a moment of quiet, you know, later that night and or just, you know, just when you're in a time of relaxing together, just say, hon, just I want to let you in on something I've been noticing and this is just my feelings about it. How do you see it? You know, so you're you're letting him in, and I would even add a feeling that you have, whatever your feeling is, whether it's sadness or hurt or probably disappointment. I mean, what do you think you feel when that's going on, when your husband is a little, maybe a little gruff or a little rougher on the edges mm-hmm. with the cashier? What do you think you're feeling? Well, that's a really good question. I think I can feel a little let down, mm-hmm. and um, maybe I'll just give you an example. There's a certain grocery store where I've... I've made some friends because I go there often Mm, and I just love talking with them. And then we're in the checkout line. And sometimes if my husband is with me, I almost feel, this is so sad. I almost feel a little embarrassed because Mm, mm. I'm smiling, I'm cheerful, asking about who, you know, how they are and what they've been up to this past weekend. And um, again, I don't want to talk poorly, but my husband doesn't even really smile and they they know about him. And I, I speak highly of him and so i guess i'm like oh wow they you know they might have had a different idea of who he would 
be? I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah, I think you're just being really vulnerable and open about that. And I would just do that with him. I'd do it from a spirit of humility with him where you're just going, this is just what I'm noticing, hon. How do you see it? And then you're letting him in then hopefully he can let you in about what he's going through there, too. Maybe he's just preferring to be quiet. Maybe he's feeling something himself. And you guys, you know, just let each other in on that because you're for each other. So I think it's always good to just let each other in. And you can sprinkle it with, you know, um, gentleness and not avoidance and not, you know, dismissiveness, but just gentleness by saying, Han, I love you. I'm for you. Just notice this when we're at the grocery store and this is just how it makes me feel what do you think so you're just having a conversation and honest conversations help you start putting something on the table together and so i think it's important to let them in and even if it doesn't quote unquote go well that's okay now it's on the table right now at least you've let him know and you're not going to change yourself you like who you're being in the store so i'm i think you're doing a great job and i would just let them in and see how it goes Thank you. I think I needed to hear that. So thanks very much. You got it. Thanks for the Thank call. You. I wonder if he doesn't feel like, boy, this is her turf. Sure. This is where she shines and she's happy and engaging. And He's bouncing off that. Maybe he's, maybe he's thinking, yeah. ooh, I'm a little, little bit out of my element here. Well, and this is why, you know, it kind of speaks to what we talked about earlier. We're accepting each other. But we're also letting each other in. So they might have what I call that clarifying conversation right there. Yeah, I like that word, clarifying conversation. Because now we get to know what each other's intentions are. And that can are. be without emotion, can it? Correct. Cause, yeah. Because we get to do it. Now, the best way I find it to, without emotions is if, as you heard me say to her, hey, you know, let him in about what you're experiencing, but then ask him what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So we're not... And she sounds like she wouldn't do this anyway, but, you know, not parenting the other person. Like, you know, here's what you're doing wrong. Or or I always tell couples, don't tell the other person how they feel. <laughs> I think there's so much to learn from this idea of clarifying conversation and letting each other in. Uh, maybe he doesn't do small talk as well as he once did. Yes. Maybe he felt at one point I was a better small talker. Mm. Maybe my hearing is not as good as it used to be. And I know if I bring this up, she'll want me to go get hearing aids. Mm. And I don't want to go get them yet. There you go. We don't know what the truth is. We don't know what the truth is. Yeah. And we get to find out from each other. That's what we get to do as a couple. We yeah. get to explore that. Yeah. But to, and, be, to be vulnerable and to say, you know what, sweetie, I don't hear very well anymore. And I was not certain what was said to me at the store. So I sat and smiled. Yeah. But there again, you got to be vulnerable. You do. And there's pride involved too, Todd, the big P word. There is that. And so, yeah, mutual vulnerability is what I write about all the time now is just, you know, pursuit of vulnerability. It's, and, you know, I'm not trying to sound over, overly spiritual, but, you know, we just re- need to remember that God is with us in that vulnerability. Even though we feel alone in that, we know that God, you know, is for us in that and he is our protector. Mm-hmm. And, and so the older I get, the less I know. The older I get, the more mistakes I make. Yeah. But so anyway, the anonymous I think it's good to do caller, that. Todd, felt to me, just as I sit here and observe, that there's a certain amount of loneliness attached to her mm-hmm. experience. Because mm-hmm. she wants to be this team, she, this she ministry team of that. salt yeah. and light. Yeah. You know, let's, let's be doing something for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Let's be engaging with people and let's be a great couple together. Yeah. And I don't know if this is happening with this couple, Bill, but just one other thing real quick that happens a lot where... You know, I, I, and for couples that are listening, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I know for, I've, I experienced this, I know my wife experiences this, I know a lot of couples experience this where, you know, your spouse is doing really well, they're just really happy, and you're just having a bad day. You don't want to join them in that sometimes. 
<laughs> you know, versus, hey, you know, I'm a, wait, I, I get to join them in their happiness right now. I'm kind of having a tough day so I can let them in on that, but I get to join them in that. Or, you know, it seems like, yeah, you know, and I don't know if, you know, if Satan's kicking our tail or if we're just having a bad day or what the root of that is, but I invite couples, you know, to join each other in, in that, in those moments of salt and light and uh, whatever that is. Yeah. I, I know that usually when there is a, you know, a $2 million race car, it usually stops because of a $39 part. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's usually it's something so small. And if you can figure out what the small little differences are or what the small little things that aren't being said, and you can share those, you might get the car up and running again. Yeah. There's my analogy for I love the day that. There, There's my, <laughs> my car analogy. <laughs> Really good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah, well, there you go. That's that's, my, that's what I got for the day, Todd. <laughs> Todd, I always love having you in. We've Thanks, got uh, a couple Appreciate of it. copies and lots of names have come in, so we already have a couple of winners. I will uh, get those in the mail to you. Thanks for uh, sending your name in and saying, I'd love to get my hands on one of Todd's books, All the Best for Couples. Todd Mulliken has been my guest. He spells his name with two Ds, T-O-D-D, and then Mulliken is M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. If you put all that together, it's toddmulliken.com. You can go look at his website and find out all of his services. He does live in the greater Twin Cities area of Minneapolis and St. Paul. So uh, I apologize to some of the uh, people outside the listening community that can't uh, access his resources in person. But uh, always great counsel on the radio, Todd. Thank you. Thanks, Bill, for having me. Yep. All right, we're going to take a little break. And uh, i got hour two coming up, and I'm awfully excited about that as well. Uh, If you are a newcomer to Faith Radio, go to MyFaithRadio.com and request the new listener packet. We'd be more than happy to send it out to you. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.